Hi, I'm Lonnie Watson, high school counselor. And I'm Jerry Mack, high school principal. Welcome to our podcast, The School Office. Where we give tactical and practical tips for working in a high-performing public school. We have been to all the conferences. We have read all the books. We are tired of hearing from experts who are not in the trenches working with students, parents, and staff every day. So if you want to learn about all things that work for us in our professions, you're in the right place. Thanks for joining us. This is The School Office. All right, Jerry, I'm pumped for this. We have been talking about doing a decoding teenager episode for a really long time. And I should have taken more notes. I feel like I, I need some more ideas to, but we'll, if we have to, this will be episode one. Absolutely. This might be part, this might be part three series. We don't know. Teenagers say a lot of funny things. Little <laughs> kids say funny things, more meme worthy, but teenagers say a lot of things they don't mean. Uh. And then they say things that you don't know what they mean. Absolutely. That, is that kind of where we're going? That's where we're okay, going. Okay, I have a couple of those. So, yeah. So, the, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to Tra- see Translating what you teenager wrote down. is what I'm going to describe this yeah. as. And here's, here's what I've noticed. The last couple weeks, I have been nailed by parent emails. Um, and not necessarily all negative, um, just a little bit all over the place, to be honest. And they're kind of keeping me up at night because they're... the it, they're the type of emails where I want to respond very directly and say, bless you. I know that's what your teenager is saying, mm-hmm. but they're, we need to look a little deeper to the meaning and, and have some of those direct conversations. And I, as I get more comfortable in that direct role, and I've, I've been at this long enough now, I'm getting better and better at having direct conversations with parents. But this is going to be fun because this often is something you have to coach new teachers up on too. Like right, translating teenagers. Right. I know that's what they said to you. Right. Here's what I think it actually means. Well, so I'm going to throw some at you. Uh, I want to open though. Okay. And I know we didn't plan this. Oh, I, I didn't. I thought I, have, I was opening. I have some stick. I know. The whole time I thought that too. But you walked right into one I had wrote down. Okay. What does it mean? Because I think there's a translation that you and I at times even struggle with. And I think teachers do too. What does it mean when mamas are emailing and calling? And we've had examples of that every week, every week. That's kind of normal what we do. Like, you know, you and I actually within this week or the end of last week got a long email from a mom, Mm -hmm. um, you know, expressing frustration, not necessarily with us, but something, you know, something that's taken place where a kid wasn't selected for a a officer or a club or those Mm -hmm. kind of things. Um, But teachers get them too, these long mama emails. So what does that really mean? What's really taken place there, I guess, is my question. So I, I think far more often um, than not, it is I can't soothe my child anymore in this situation or mm-hmm. I can't fix something for them. And I know, I, and I think it comes out of a good place, Jerry, and I needed you to ask me that question because I need to say this out loud today. It comes from a good place of I know if I try to fix this for my kid, I'm going to mess it up. So I'm like somewhere in the middle where I'm going to send you this really long email and I'm almost going to say some nasty things and need to vent because I know I can't save my kid mm-hmm. from this and mm-hmm. I know they have to experience it. That's my thought. A hundred percent. And that's why yeah. it, it's something that you and I need to hear. And we, we tell each other at times, like, don't take that email personally. You know, number one, the translation to me is the kid is talking to mom. 
Right. And, and by all means, dad, you know, but mm-hmm. the kid is talking to their parents. The kid is talking about the frustration, frustrations with not being selected to the team or to get mm-hmm. in the club or um, which was our most recent emails that you and I had received. Um, but number two, it's that you've got a parent who really cares about a kid and a, a parent who really, really wants to be parent, wants the be all end all for the kid. And they know they kind of, you know, it does come from a good place is my point that the translation, I think that sometimes we need to re- remind ourselves of is when we get those hot emails, number one, the kid is talking to a parent, which is what we want. That's mm-hmm. that kid has a huge benefit. That parent has a huge benefit that their child speaks yep. to him. And number two, that parent loves that kid. That yep. parent wants the best for that kid. Um, and that's what we want also. And so we, we, I think we got to step back when we're dealing with the translation of what does that mean? It, we got to just be reminded of exactly what you said, that it's a parent coming from the right place. It might be some mean words that we don't want to hear. Um, a lot of times those emails, like the ones you and I get, they have nothing to do with you and I, or no, that we had nothing. any power <laughs> to change what happened to the kid. Um and sometimes those parents are good at mm-hmm. communicating that, 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 hey, we know I know you can't change this, but I am going to vent. And it's stuff we don't want to hear, but it's it, I think it is important. I think it's important for the parent. We just need to recognize what it is. We don't have to respond in a way where we're trying to fix it or we're answering questions or creating. It's just a thank you for standing up for your kid. Absolutely. Thank you for yeah. being a support system. Thank you for being a parent whose kid talks, you know, openly with them and that that you you care and want the best for your child even though you and i can't control it but if you could put it on facebook a little less that would hurt my feelings absolutely <laughs> it's when it's public it <laughs> the um, public stuff is that's just got to be almost mean at that, times that's i know why it's the, venting but yep, that is hard that that's why the snapchat yeah. business although i have a love-hate relationship with it because those kids it's a little bit more private i don't get to see it as much um okay so we started with parents. You did. You threw a curveball at me. I, yep. That's something I needed, though. Well, let's go to something you said there as you opened it. Um, let's go back to kids. Okay. So typical. Let's go. We're in high school setting. Let's throw. I'm throwing you in a math class. You're a math teacher because I know you used to teach math. Um, kid won't do the math work. Doesn't want to engage. You come over to help. They look stuck. All of a sudden, you get a desk flipped and an F you. I hate this place. <laughs> Storming out, kicking the trash can as yeah. they leave. F you, Mr. Mac, for trying to help me or pushing me. What's that? What's that about? I've literally. Have you ha- gotten an F you? Oh, absolutely. You know, you know, I have. <laughs> I literally had a metal water bottle thrown at me by one kid. And thank goodness his aim was bad. Or mid-throw, he kind of realized he was doing something he shouldn't, and he stuck in his hand a little too long, and it looked like one of those Tom Brady passes that end up kind of coming out, out, hitting the floor, you know? Um, yeah, so that's one where I, I'm really good at not personalizing those student fits where they're a little bit out of control and they can't control their response to you. Um, that's an expression that they have a need. That's an expression that... Mm-hmm. I think you hit the you hit the tender spot with, and it might be a learning need, mm-hmm. um, and that's a tender spot for them. And that you're, so in other words, I think to me that's the uh, the translation of that is you're you're probably really close to the problem of what's yep. really happening. That's exactly what I wrote down. It's often I'm I'm feeling dumb in this moment. Yep. The school is very frustrating. Um, I mean, let's even go back to the phrase, "I hate you." Very often is not the case. It's often I hate myself right now. 
I am so mm-hmm. frustrated. And we take it so personally. Right, when you're working with right. kids, it's hard. And with teenagers especially. And I go back to, I'm, I'm a mom of a two and a five-year-old. And they drive me bonkers most days. But I have to remind myself, developmentally appropriate for a five-year-old not to listen the first time. you know. Right. And a teenager is in the most selfish years of their life. That is how their brain is, right. ro- is wired. Their emotional brain is fully developed and their frontal lobe is not. So they're going to say things that are selfish and inappropriate, like F you, I hate you. I hate this place. Mm -hmm. I don't want to live in this home. I mean, if we go to home stuff, um, but really if you can decode that and, and you're right, see if you can get close to the problem. And we call it drilling and counseling, keeping asking questions to really find the answer because the answer quite often is not that you are frustrating or they hate you. It's that they're so dang frustrated with themselves. Mm -hmm. And your children are very young yet. And my children are grown. They're young adults and have have careers already. Um, So this is the same thing as a parent that you get from teenagers at home, that F you and that blow up kind of uh, attitude. They might use different words, obviously, but um, I think you know what we're talking about. It's one where I think you know you're close to what the actual problem is, and it's usually something of um, inferiority or something like that going on. It could be the way they're treated by somebody else, and they don't know how to respond or how to deal with it. Um, and in my opinion, it works well. It's, it's like while it's hot, it's actually going to be a pretty good time to get there, mm-hmm. but you need to pause and see if you can get the remorse part going. Because if you can pause and they can see that they did wrong and just have a little bit of room to breathe, and I mean, whether they go to their room for a little bit, you know, if you're a parent, whether they, you know, walk away, you walk away, but come back before that day's out is usually a pretty good opportunity to get some discussion going. Don't don't dismiss it completely and think, well, in a couple of weeks, we'll get back to it. Nope. Usually within 24 hours is a good time. Like you're going to hit a little bit of a remorse piece in there. And as yeah. long as you're not personalizing the response they just threw at you and the words that they just might have regurgitated at you, yep. I think you can really, that there's going to be an opportunity for a conversation that I think you can have with them in that remorse state. But don't make it about you. Don't make it about, well, you, you called me this or that, you know. But So I, I think those are opportunities to seize. Because you'll never get there. You'll never get to helping oh, yeah. the kids solve the problem if you make it about you. Yeah. Um, as an educator, as a parent, um, it's really, and it makes, and this is why I think our po- podcast is powerful. And I think what we do is powerful, like naming some of the strategies, because what we do is freaking hard. Working mm-hmm. with kids, parenting kids, um, doing all these things are hard. And if you can name it and you can depersonalize it, you actually can do a far better job at helping kids p- solve problems. Mm-hmm. Um much harder with your own children than, than somebody yeah, else's. because you're more emotional then. But still hard when you're a teacher in the classroom yes. and you've had those kids for four months and then all of a sudden one of them's telling you to mm-hmm. F off and you're like, what is going on? That's not how I wanted to start or end my day today. And as a principal or a school counselor, if I take a power move at that time and I'm offended by it and I go into some power move with whether it's posture or whether it's my words, oh my goodness. You're you, screwed. Yeah, you're, yep. you're done. You're yep. done. You just, you, you know, you, you just failed there. So, um, and I made those mistakes over and over as a young principal, um, you know, in my first few years, not, not knowing exactly how to use that as an opportunity and, mm-hmm. and like quit talking about what happened, like the words used when they blew up, they're simply trying to express it. Just understand that there's a need there and that's what you want to talk about and get to that and, and let the conversation be about that, not be about the event of the kid. He threw, he used the F bomb in the classroom don't that's not the point not you're the point. missing the point now don't yep. get me wrong we've got policies and we, we yep. pull them we disrupted the learning environment and all that and we'll pull them out 
but don't miss the point. Don't get hung up on the the words chosen mm -hmm. that disrupted the classroom. You know, make sure you get an opportunity that you can have a discussion on how how to help because that trigger is telling you something. So, no, that's a good one. I love it. You got one fire one at me. You're so up. I've got kind of a scenario. I don't know if as far as translation, this is translation of actions. Okay, um, and I. I know you, and I know you've dealt with this, and so you're probably going to get it uh, pretty quickly. Boy gets sent to the office. He okay. took, he took, you know, took the girl's stuff and had her cell phone. Of course he did. Playing around, didn't yeah. return it, and, you know, he's sent to the office, and we have this issue because he stole something. It was stealing. It was stealing. It was stealing, so it's theft. It's a violation of policy. He stole her face mask and was running around the room with it. Yep. He stole her cell phone. Yeah. So... Sent to the office. He's in trouble for stealing is why he comes there. Yeah, of course. What's the translation? Oh, gosh. I mean, and it's probably the same girl, right? Yeah. Or the as same subject. As a matter of fact, like, it oh, is. He's just figuring it out. Yep. How do you get attention from girls, Jerry? Exactly. You know, obviously, you take their face masks, and then they ask mm -hmm. you to homecoming the next week, right? So it's not stealing is not what this is about, right? It is so funny to watch yeah. It, and it happens in both genders too. Yep. When, and you and I know this, and I, this year I've got to do a little more supervision of the lunchroom and you can really see it happen there. It is so stinking obvious, you guys, when kids are vying for attention and it could be like the same kid, like that kid could have a crush on that girl in class, or he could just be trying to get attention from girls in general, mm -hmm. just interested in making a connection and has no freaking idea how to actually make a mm -hmm. connection with someone more mature than them. Just yep. no idea. That's my guess. Yep. No, right on. So when it's the same girl, the, the conversation I have is when they come to the office, they're in trouble for stealing. Yep. He stole something last week from this girl, too. This kid is just a thief. No, he's not. He's flirting. Yeah. He's flirting. <laughs> he doesn't know. He's got hormones going through him. Now, we work in a high school. Yep. He's got these hormones. He doesn't know how to get a girl's attention. He doesn't know how to. He's trying to flirt. It's a flirting problem. It's a social skill problem. It's not a theft problem. He has no intentions of keeping these items. He just wants some attention from a girl he likes. And so we had one. I got to share this story because I don't, I don't know that I filled you in on it from uh, a recent one from, I can't remember if it was earlier this week or last week. So we had this same situation where this kid had stealing earlier in the semester from a girl. Okay. And it was the flirt thing. But I didn't really go there. We talked about some other things in, in class. Well, last week I found out, and I was in a meeting or wasn't aware, but at the end of the day, one of the office assistants said, hey, we had the police department come up here today because there was a 911 call from the school, and it was from a girl's cell phone. And lo and behold, it happened to be the same girls that, well, that we were dealing with before, yeah. and it was the same boy. Imagine that. Imagine. And so it's like, okay, so he had her phone, and he tried to do something apparently with her cell phone, and it automatically dialed 911 is oh, what geez. happened. And it was one of those hang-up calls, and so the PD had to follow up on it. So it just so happened our local um, lieutenant from our police department was in the building. Like, he comes in occasionally, almost every week. He said, hey, while you're here, I've got to talk with this kid it's over something that happened last Friday that I wasn't here for. Can you sit in here and play the game with me? I'm like, yep. Okay, this was a false 911 call. I think it was accidental. I haven't talked to the kid because I, I wasn't here all weekend or, you know, since mm -hmm. Friday. So we bring the kid in, we're like, okay. And the lieutenant is saying, we only have so many resources in town for this size, and when we got to send a police officer up here to follow up on these 911 calls, it takes resources away from the rest of the town. Well, the kid is apologetic, and it, it clearly clear to me that it was an accident. And so I just went there and said, hey, 
you're trying to flirt with a girl, you need to use your words. We need to work on how you get a, a, a girl's attention. And he just got embarrassed. And, and sure enough, Lieutenant, you know, he jumped in too. And he goes, yeah, he goes, you know, you probably want to use something, you know, I don't know what we were talking about. And I jumped in and said, yeah, like maybe write her a poem. <laughs> I bet he laughed. <laughs> and that, that broke the tension and allowed him to laugh. But at the same time, we were able to call out what I really think this was clearly about, yeah. you know, and call him out on it. Like, you know, he just doesn't know how at, at 15, who knows how to do that. And he was, you know, he kind of likes this girl. There was no doubt what was going on. So well, yeah, the, you know, treating it like a thief and a violation of policies because of theft versus an yeah. opportunity to have a conversation about social skills. And I tell you what, our most vulnerable boys who struggle with making connections, and it can be with the opposite sex or their own um, gender and friendships or whatever the case may be, can get the meanest in mm-hmm. their language because they're so scared to mm-hmm. put themselves out vulnerably and to get rejected because rejection is terrifying. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the us as adults that we're so comfortable with ourselves and who we are at this point in our lives. It takes a second to put yourself in your shoes when you have no freaking idea who you are and what you want. And if anybody supports or loves you <laughs> at that point, you know, and so it's a vulnerable thing, asking a girl to homecoming, asking a boy to homecoming, going with friends, um, figuring out if you have a crush on somebody or just trying to make a new friend. And we see often that that it can language used can be very nasty when they're actually trying to make a connection and they yeah. don't know how to be vulnerable and how um it, so that's good that you guys mm-hmm. are coaching and I know LT really well and that's another perfect person of a man to coach yeah. another teenager yeah. of uh, this is how we make connections with mm-hmm. people and um uh, but it's yeah. it's funny cuz we say bullying sometimes and right. it can look like bullying um kids who are nervous on trying to make a connection with another student and they're scared to put themselves out there and then all of a sudden they start getting mean and it's like mm-hmm. kiddo that's not what you that's not where you want to go here um but they just need coach previous episode i can tell you want to be friends i can tell you want to be friends yeah yep. and that's all about people kind of being mean to mm-hmm. each other because they don't know socially kind of how to mm-hmm. connect with people and it comes out mm-hmm. being mean sometimes and yep and if one gets denied by the other it can turn into mm-hmm. um something that can look like bullying and or this uh, lack of friendship or anything and sometimes parents jump in and when we really know there's been a little bit of hurt there someone got vulnerable and wasn't accepted in the way they hoped to and so there's there's this little bit of hurt and loss and it can look mm-hmm. mean at times when you're a teenager we need to stop talking about this one because we're going into my next one. Okay. All right. <laughs> we're, like, <laughs> we're getting too close. Like, no, you're you're nailing it left and right. Like, oh, you're uh, about. You're, okay, you're go really there. You go next. You go next. I just went. I just, but I'll go there. Cause yeah, you go. So there. my other one, I literally have written down on my notes. Part two. Part two. <laughs> so part one, boy is a thief. Sent yeah. to you because he's a thief, and I'm saying boy because that was the example I used. And he actually likes the girl. It's a flirting thing. It's mm-hmm. a social skill thing. Oh, part two. Here we come though. Part two yeah. is. I think I know where she's you're a bitch. She's a bitch. A bitch, or yep. he's a bully. Yep. He's being mean, mm-hmm. you know. And so, what's going on there? The rejection. The rejection. The rejection. Yeah. And it's hard to deal with rejection. And I think we forget about that because mm-hmm. as adults, we don't have to put ourselves in that vulnerable positions mm-hmm. very often. We do, but not like kids. Now, look how that could be viewed. And, and I'm going to stick mm-hmm. with this example I have because it's a real example that I've dealt with here recently was. Girl in class, boy in the class, mm-hmm. he's stealing her stuff. It happened the, the second time he did it. It's It was clear to me at social skills. He, he likes the girl, mm-hmm. and he's being sent to my office because he's a thief, and he's disrupting the class, which 
valid reason to leave the classroom is he's disrupting the learning environment. So, but he's not a thief. He's flirting. He's trying to find that social skill. So then part two is, so now you're kind of trying to picture what does the girl think of the boy? Because I don't know. I don't know. So he apparently finally gets brave enough to ask, you know, hey, do you want to hang out? Do you want to whatever, whatever? Or maybe they even do for a little bit. And then there's that rejection. He, she ends up rejecting him and, and she's immediately a bitch. Immediately. Immediately mm-hmm. a bitch. And so now he starts treating her that way because he got rejected and he's hurt. So now any information when the parent of the girl calls me or if the girl is brave enough to call, can you imagine this mean story they they could possibly paint or the parent would paint if they didn't understand what was really happening there? Mm-hmm. He wasn't a thief. He was flirting. He liked the girl. He's calling her a bitch because his feelings are, are hurt and he's got to place it on somebody else. And and so it's not that he's a mean kid. It's not that he's a thief. You know what I'm saying? It just all is connected yep. if you took the time to have the conversation or the experience. You know, for me, it just take, it takes some experience to recognize some of those things. Mm-hmm. that, And then it's easy to have a conversation with the girl like, hey, and here's what's really... And then they'll, they will treat him differently, a little nicer, you know, with understanding that it's not... He's not trying to be a bully you know he's being mean because he's hurt and if he's hurt he wants you to be hurt you know so yep that was part two it it follows if there's a rejection there's always a part two there it's just a cycle that we yep we deal with it a lot i'm gonna switch gears on this one um i'm gonna have i'm gonna say we've got 16 year old girl or boy in in one of our office is uh we noticed they're they're on the ineligibility list or failing a bunch of classes, or maybe we noticed tons of absences, um, that won't come to first block or haven't come to first block a lot. And you get them in your office and all you can get from the kid to tell you is it's, it's just me. I'm just lazy. Mm-hmm. Just lazy. I have a lot of thoughts there and I don't even know what direction to go, but there's one that someone needs some help. There's something going on. It could be a social, it's probably a social thing, mm-hmm. but um, as a school, our response is, is it a learning disability? And that's why we're, we're missing school. And that's why we're saying that for some reason, in my experience in the high school, there's usually a social problem. And by social, it could be student to student, a peer issue. It could be student to parent. Um, but a typical school, you're going to run down the SAT process. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you're looking for um, academic interventions to address a problem. So that's what comes to mind first. I just don't know of any kids who choose not to do well. Right. I, I think we put that on kids. Like, I just don't, I don't know humans in general that, and you and I have this firm belief, and we've talked about in many podcasts, that everyone's doing the best they can right. with what they have at the time they have it. And I just really have a hard time believing, knowing what I know about kids and how eager they mm-hmm. are to to do well and that they wouldn't do well if mm-hmm. they thought they could. Um, so I, I tend to think that I'm just lazy it breaks my heart when I hear it and I hear it so often. And I tend to think it's because that's what they've been told. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been told yeah, by yeah. teachers. They've been told by their parents. They've been told by their elders mm-hmm. and their grandparents. Like if you weren't so goddamn lazy, you right. know, you weren't so lazy. And so they internalize that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I can't do well cause I'm just lazy. Well, it might be something else, yeah. you know, it, it Basically, when I hear I'm just lazy, I translate that to I'm unable to meet that teacher's expectations, but I don't really know why. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I feel like I'm unable to meet the expectations everyone has on me right now, but I don't necessarily know why. 
But I know people told me I'm lazy, so I can internalize right. that. Or, or mom and dad compare me to sister who Absolutely. is successful at school, and so there's those internal battles going uh-huh. on there that it's easier to shut down mm-hmm. and make sure that you're, you know, non-performing versus to try to perform to your highest and then fall a little bit behind what some older sibling perhaps did absolutely or accomplished absolutely if i don't try i can't fail because right. i feel like i can't meet your expectations anyway right. um that's hard it, it's that translation takes some work too to help solve the problem so that translation is like right, this kiddo right. there's a problem there that is gone unsolved for a very long time right. and they've just learned to say i'm lazy um, because I have a hard time thinking you wouldn't do well if you, if you, if you could, you right. know, there's some, there's some roadblock in your way. It's challenging with teenagers sometimes because that could be the most guarded of ages. I think when they're in second grade, third grade, fourth grade, you're going to get, um, a little bit more out of them. You have to drill, 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 mm-hmm. ask questions and, and almost sometimes find some emotion there. Like you said, trigger on some emotion to really find the cause. Um, cause they, they really might not know it. They might not have any idea why they can't meet expectations. Um, so that was when our job gets really fun. We get to right. turn into detectives, kind of. Right, right. Well, we have a new SAT process that you've been expanding and um, where teachers refer, they have to bring data with them when they do a referral or have a concern because it that's what aids in that investigative process. And the other thing we talk about, you know, for us, it's an MTSS system that we're starting, which I drag my feet on the next new thing. But the truth is that's where it takes a team approach. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the the new MTSS systems through the SAT model or an MTSS team are really going to be beneficial. And my heart is actually behind and supportive of these programs because teams will be able to look at things, look at data and, and make decisions on how to help kids. Because for us, I think schools just a lot of times run down that academic trail. And it mm-hmm. could be a more of a social emotional thing that's going on or a behavior issue that's going on. And and I think that's why it takes a team to play investigator together. Absolutely. Yeah. And and to get broader minds working on the same same problem, too, to, to try to help that out. Because it just seems so often like, you know, that what I tend to experience, I, I hope I'm not stereotyping too much, but a lot of times a, a, teachers have this frustration, like it's my problem that the kid is not attending Absolutely. every day. Well. It's not my problem at all. It's probably that, that student's problem or the parent's problem and... So therefore, if you want to kind of help solve the problem, teacher, you need to make some contact with mm-hmm. home, with the, with the student, and have some one-on-ones. And, and so in other words, did you take the time for that conversation yet? Have you visited with, you know, and those mm-hmm. kind of things where we're going. Um, but it is, those are hard problems to solve because sometimes it is a, a learning disability. It's mm-hmm. an academic problem. Right. And sometimes it's, it's sometimes it's a lagging skill of, yep. you know, that the maturity or uh, development yeah, or, absolutely. and we can't just yeah. pretend that that's just going to, oh, it'll catch up someday. I mean, sometimes yeah. those kids need help with whatever those mm-hmm. skills are. It could be some social piece out there where Absolutely. some others are, you know, whether it was a family member or just peers that are kind of making a student uh, want to underperform. Um, that takes place too, yeah. Well, I think we could translate teenager for a long time. I'm kind of yeah. interested. Now that we do this episode, we're going to probably listen for it a little bit more too. Yeah. Another one I got written down is you don't know me. <laughs> you don't know me. I feel like moms get that sometimes yeah, from their own children. Know. You don't know me. I've had like three different thoughts on stuff while we were talking about others. And then when we get back, I'm like, God, what was that thought I just had? Because, no. yeah, there's, there's, I don't know, there's just these times where with experience, you start recognizing that when the student does this or says this or acts like this, 
don't personalize it. Step back, translate it with what it could be meaning Yep. Um, so that you can be part of a solution versus Absolutely. focusing on extenuating the problem. Mm-hmm. So. And your kids with trauma, your kids um, with lagging skills are going to be the most difficult. They're going to be the mm-hmm. ones you have to translate the most. Right. You know, they're going to be the ones that might throw an F you in your face or an I hate you or I hate school in this place. And you really just translate that, especially kids who've gone through trauma is I am so frustrated right now. And like you said, I think you hit the nail on the first one on um, that it's, it's the flip again is it's an opportunity to help a kid mm-hmm. solve problem. Um, I don't care if they're two or 20, a kid should be an active participant in solving the problem. Um, and they need to be an active participant when you talk about like the collaborative model and those kind of things. So, so yeah, I think we're going to, I think we're going to do a part duh on this one as soon as we Let's gather some more part duh. Um, I, we've got a lot of uh, episodes coming up that we want to hit. We jumped away from COVID this week for just a little bit. Wow, we need a hot a second. Yeah. We needed a hot second. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Lonnie Watson, high school counselor. And I'm Jerry Mack, high school principal. This is a school office. We'll see you next week.